Hi, this is Tracy, and I want to talk about Thich Nhat Hanh's book on anger, Wisdom for Cooling the Flames. He talks about in this book how anger kind of consumes us, and there are so such subtle ways that anger can consume us. You know, we think about anger and how it can just be explosive and unappealing, and yet for me, anger, I work with anger all the time because I work with clients who have complex trauma and a lot of PTSD, which stems from anger over being violated, having something done wrong to you, or being betrayed. Just a few of the things that, that come to mind when I think about what makes someone so angry, rageful inside, where it's this flame that burns and it can, and with fire, you can fan it and it can get really huge and have this massive wildfire, or we can kind of like calm it down. And yet the coals are still there kind of burning and that's not necessarily a bad thing because anger can certainly propel us to make changes in our life. So anger can be a very productive emotion and it can be a very destructive emotion. And I want to help people be able to sit with their anger and really undress it and kind of know what its intention is and where it's coming from so that we can really not have it take us by surprise and kind of bite us in the butt and we turn around and there's this wildfire inside of us in our heart and our anger is just overtaking our lives I and mean, we're being consumed by anger. And I think what can kind of calm and cool the flame, as Thich Nhat Hanh would say, is gratitude, forgiveness. And how do we get to that point of being able to do that when we are so angry and we feel like we've been so wronged? And that might be the first step is just noticing how wrong we feel, how wrong we feel, like someone did us something wrong, they betrayed us, and we give our power away by blaming others or giving them the power of triggering all this anger inside of us. And one of the Buddhist teaching and one of the most basic conditions for happiness Thich Nhat Hanh talks about is freedom. And when I was reading his book, kind of digesting freedom, you know, when I say to, when I say to the kids I'm working with, you know, if you want if you want more freedom, you have to take on more responsibility, right? We have to take on acknowledging and responsibility for our our reactions and responses and how we interact with ourselves and others. And if we don't take that responsibility, then we're going to feel really stuck. And that's not freedom, right? We want that freedom to be able to expand and be the brightest and biggest and most awake and joyful being that we can be for ourselves. And so one step that I talk about with my clients that Thich Nhat Hanh did a great job of reiterating in his book was um, compassionate listening relieves suffering. And I think that is so true that if we can listen first to ourselves, really listen. And I would, my saying that I use with people is I want you to simply notice. I want you to simply notice what you're feeling where you're feeling it. You might not even know what it is you're feeling. You might not have words for it. You know, we always sort of say, I'm feeling fine or I'm fine. Everything's good. And we don't really take the time to sit down and listen and go deep within ourselves and kind of go, what am I feeling? How am I feeling? And where am I feeling it in my body? And I think the first step is to just notice where we're holding tension. And that's what's so lovely about yoga, right? Because yoga is going to put us in these positions and these poses that show us where we're holding tension. And that's what I love about yoga. I feel like it's what the real spiritual component of yoga is for me. It's like giving myself that opportunity to notice where I'm holding tension and then to acknowledge that tension with compassion and just listen to it and be able to breathe into it and kind of 
just be curious, right? I think that freedom starts off with allowing ourselves to be curious about, wow, simply noticing, being curious, breathing into what we're experiencing and letting the teachings come to us about what that is all about. And I think that starts with, and that's all about being able to move into the steps of compassionate listening and recognizing that when we listen compassionately, without judgment, without expectations, without taking anything personally, without making any assumptions, that kind of moving into those four agreements, right? It's going to relieve the suffering we feel inside because we all want to be heard. We want to hear ourselves. We want others to hear us. We want to be noticed. We simply want to be heard. And if we don't take the time to listen to ourselves and to know where what we're feeling and where we're feeling it, we have no capability of listening to someone else compassionately. And listening is a reciprocal, it's a give and take, right? We have to kind of have that acknowledgement of like, oh, I'm noticing, oh, I'm listening, I'm taking a moment to listen. And when Thich Nhat Hanh is talking about listening and when I talk about kind of like the reflective listening, right? There's that compassionate listening of being able to listen to what our, to what another person is saying. And it's just noticing, just taking a breath and just listening. I know I'm repeating myself, but it's so important to just sit with that, to be able to take the time to listen. And listening with a lot of compassion. And one of the goddesses that, that symbolizes that is Kuan Yin, you know, the goddess of, of compassion, the ability to listen with compassionate ears. Compassionate listening is a deep practice. It takes a lot of practice to be able to deeply compassionately listen without judgment, without wanting to put our two cents in. And a lot of times when we're listening, we're not really listening because we're thinking about our response. So it's being able to stop that practice of coming back with a rebuttal before we've ever, we're even done listening to our spouse or partner or friend or whoever we might be listening to and really giving the chance to just be really present and listen compassionately. And that takes practice. And I encourage each and one of us, including myself, to take a moment every day and usually it's really good to do that at the same time so our body and our mind gets kind of trained into, oh, it's 7 a.m., I do this at 7 a.m., kind of like we're brushing our teeth type of thing. Of just taking five minutes to just sit and listen to what your heart is feeling or your body is feeling, where your body's holding tension, that's a listening, you know, that to be able to go inside and just give yourself an opportunity to simply notice what and how and where you're feeling tension, stress, joy, whatever it might be, to just take that moment to just listen without judging, without saying, oh God, I'm really fat or I really need to do something about that or, oh, I wonder why my shoulder is so tight or, yeah, I, I know why I'm so tight. You know, if only he or she hadn't done that to me or said that, and then we go off and running, and now we're not listening. So I'm really going to encourage each and one and every one of us to just take a moment, you know, give ourselves permission in that time 
daily to compassionately listen, to simply notice, to listen to ourselves. And if we practice that and get to the point where that becomes very uh, natural, it's going to become a lot easier to be able to listen to others without judging, without feeling rocked off our center because they might, we might feel attacked or betrayed by them. So I'm encouraging everybody to take that moment and just listen. Thanks for listening. I hope this was useful and I'll get back to you soon.